All right. Hello. Hello Hi, and welcome to <laughs> Hello and welcome to XI Cafe. The first, this is the pilot, the experience improvement podcast brought to you by InMoment. My name is Simon Benz. Um, I'm sales director of BFSI here at InMoment. And today we are talking to Eslam Afifi, who is CX Insight and Service Design Lead at Legal Super, about how Legal Super have become a CX focused, data driven organization. Hello and welcome, Eslam. Hi, Simon. You Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited too. Excited to have you. Um, before we kick into it, um, for all of those that are listening, um, we've got the ability to take questions, um, but for the flow of those that aren't listening, maybe we will wait till the end um, and have a look at the questions. So feel free to ask questions as you go. Um, and if we've got time at the end, we'll get to them. If not, we'll respond afterwards. But to kick it off, the big question. Um, <laughs> actually, this is an easy starter. Um, why don't you tell us about Legal Super and then your role within the organization? Right. So Legal Super is the only super innovation fund for the legal community within Australia. Its aim and its purpose, solely purpose, is to provide great outcomes, retirement outcomes for our members. Um, and what I do over there, I take care of the CX insights and the service design um, area that covers, I would say, four to five. Just FYI, that organization itself is just under 100 people which is a great thing. It, make, it means that you actually get to wear multiple hats sometimes. Fun, yeah. sometimes too much fun, as we can say. So that covers about four to five areas. The first area is data and uh, insights and research. The second area is service design, continuous improvement. The third area is change management. And that sits underneath what we call member experience. And that's what we take care of everything to do with members all the way off, online or offline as well. Awesome. How long have you been with Legal Super now? Oh, uh, I just passed my first year and has, it feels longer, to be honest with you. It feels way longer. <laughs> it's been about 14 months, I'd say. So, okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> you can have to ask them that. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the, uh, the CX setup when you joined the organization and some of the key challenges that Legal Super were facing when you walked yeah. into it. So the first thing I just need to highlight is I, my background is mainly in consultancy uh, and I've been on the client side only just two times before I joined Legal Super and mainly I worked in a large organization. So my first perception was when you go to a large, small organization, it's going to be a piece of cake. That's the first thing I thought. That's the first thing I had in mind was we're a small organization. From a data perspective, it's going to be very easy access to data. That's number one. That wasn't the case. I'm going to explain to I'm going to elaborate a little bit on that more. Second, the second thing is to do with the CX state. It wasn't bad, it wasn't good. It was in what I would call a comfortable zone. It was okay. ticking a box more more or less. But we needed as a small fund to make sure that we actually had to use data, how to be more customer-centric in every approach that we do to move forward, to become more of a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Because we are a small fund, we know our members really well, but members changed. And that comes to the last and the most important impact has to do with COVID. After COVID, everyone changed. All consumers and members changed. And the reason for that is expectations are high. That's number one. Number two is they right now compared to really, really high benchmarking for other experiences that they have. 
even if you're a super fund, they're still going to compare you to your bank app, for example, or your the online experience that they have with your bank, or even in the in-store. Sometimes when they have an engagement through the phone or through with our, with one of our advisors. So that's kind of changing everything. So this is the three biggest challenges that we have, data silos. Number two is the, the state of the CX. Number three, the impact of COVID. Was something driving your appointment? So did some, was there something that was driving Legal Super to kind of bring you in to, to yes. start this process off? Yeah, I have to say that the great leadership that we have with Kerry Norman, who, who our CMO, and Monique Bate, who, who is the head of uh, customer experience, engagement, and partnership, both of them had a great vision that we need to have a new team and build a new team from scratch. And they did an amazing job in transformation for the last, I would say, two years to bring the entire thing. And what they also did in an amazing way, they got the buy-in from the business, because that's a very important, as you know, from a CX perspective, when you do any initiative, you need to have that buy-in comes from the top. That top-bottom yeah. approach works really well when you have that buy-in. And was there any kind of economic pillars such as churn reduction, oh, reduction yeah. in cost to serve that you, you were kind of metric to tied to? Everything that we do is actually tied to an ROI metric that to do with our business model. So that's the reason why the entire team exists in, in, a, in a nutshell. Basically, we have about four or three pillars in our business um, objectives and our plan and our new one. Each initiative, some way, somehow tied to at least one of these pillars to achieve an ROI from a, either a growth perspective or, or a retention perspective. Right, yeah. And when you, uh, and going back 14 months when, when you joined, you kind of went through the, the, three, the three challenges that were there. Um, and you've been given the job of transforming the, the CX function, what did you initially understand to be the hardest part of what well, you were about to start embark on? Number, yeah, the first the first one is why do we need change? You need to explain that to every stakeholders, especially when you're working in an environment when things are going well, that's number one. Number two, and no one is complaining yet. That's a very big part too. So everyone, everyone is happy. Like, don't make any changes. We are really happy, which is great on the short term. But when you know in the long term what's going to happen, right? People are just going to yeah. start to bear your offerings. But what's something else? What members right now want is a combination of three difficult things from a super innovation perspective. Number one is low fees. Number yeah. two is high returns. Number three is a great experience. We, yeah. we can do that in a great way because we're a small fund. We can move faster. The only challenge that we know, we need to make sure we understand our members really, really well. And that's something that our all segmentation model was extremely way behind what actually our members wants and needs were telling us. So what was the hard part about understanding them then? So if, if the key was understanding the members really well, what was so difficult about, about that? Yeah, the one thing which is a perception that we always had is because we know that we have a very clear mindset around who our members are, we thought that all of them fit into one category. And that's not true. Okay. Lawyers, even by lawyers, differ. I'll give you a small example that you might surprise you. For, for lawyers, it's very normal to find lawyers at the age of 30 or early 40 retired. And that's something that we, you, we didn't know till research revealed that. And they're really, and actually, by the way, they are happily retired. You know? yeah. and, and that's fine. And they decided to do something else beside or have their own practice or do something beside that zero dream. And that's something very normal to have. That's something that we haven't captured before. And it was very important that the new segmentation model captured those kind of elements in the life stage of the member. Okay. 
So I guess the hard part of understanding it, if I if I kind of dumb it down, was was understanding or uh, leveraging the data you had existing on each Absolutely. of the members to, to try and figure out who. Yeah, if you think of any segmentation model, the old segmentation model, the way they work, they only rely heavily on, I would say, basic demographics, and you yeah. crunch numbers along some what we call operational data. But what we needed to do is, no, no, we needed to actually understand, put all our data together and have like a 360 view on that data and trying to have behavior, attitudinal, and other types of data alongside the existing data, trying to see and have a better of a great lens for what members wants and needs are. And how do we actually tackle that in a much more uh, kind of, I would say, advanced way rather than the basic segmentation that we had before. Okay. So... Before we, um, um, this is the bit that's this. I think everyone wants to hear and kind of getting getting into it. Before we dive into that, was there when you're thinking about how moving the CX program to the next level uh, and the challenges that you had when you first walked in? Was yeah. there an aha moment that kind of made that kind of made your life easy, or when it, okay. it suddenly all became completely clear on Absolutely. where to go and how to do it? Actually, three moments. I'm gonna go through them pretty quickly. Okay. <laughs> the first, the first one, it actually, it actually came from Monique Bay, who is the head of customer experience and engagement. And what she had an idea is we need to understand where we are right now. So the first thing that we did, yeah. we did what we call gap analysis in a very simple way, okay. which is trying to understand what we're trying, where we want to be in let's say three versus five years time, versus what we are right now, and trying to understand how big is that gap. That, kind of give us a, a really clear view, what do we need to implement? That was the first thing. The second thing is one of the members actually during the one of the research did something that was great. And the verbatims from the in moment um, that we receive was actually the same. Members always ask us in a very blunt way, what's in it for me? We ask about, hey, we're doing X, Y, and Z, we're doing all these initiatives, but they always come back. How does that serve my personal needs around yeah. my super and my life stage? And that was very important. The third and the last one, when we had to look at all, because we are a small fund, we rely heavily on our service providers. We need to change the perspective that we actually, from a service provider, we need what we needed were more partners. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell you that, but I'm happy to share this. And we actually, one of the briefs that I had was to review all the existing partnership. And one of them was, sorry, service providers. And one of them was in moment. And I told the team plant, I'm being tasked to sack you guys in six months. I need to see value ASAP, basically. But however, that actually changed the conversation completely because the conversation went from let's do transactional, let's get surveys, let's get everything that we do has to have value to the business. So yeah. once we walk through what was the business problem that we had, what we're trying as a, from a CX perspective, what we trying, what was Legal Super trying to achieve, it became very clear for a moment team, how can they actually support that vision to get us there? And that's what we need from our partners. We don't need a service provider who just do A, B, and C and take a checklist and go away. What we would need actually is a true partner who get us where we want to be. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what yeah, you're doing. I'm too honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm too honest. Maybe, yeah. uh, was was there was there like a, a sort of a standout um, meeting or something that happened that kind of yes yes lifted it on his head? Yeah, absolutely. So Shivon, Kiri, and Krishna had a great idea. When I told them that, because they were surprised by reaction, my my yeah. comment that when I said yeah. it to them, I said it the same way. They said we have this great um what called ten steps workshop, okay, yeah. and it's kind of a strategy alignment workshop, basically. 
Uh, and it was great. And that was the moment that I think the team exactly understood what we were trying to do. That's and where that we got was, Kerry in, right? Yeah, so that, that was Kerry, Karishma, and Chief. Just for the listeners, they're all in moment employees. So, so oh, they're, yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> they're probably not all on first name terms with Siobhan and Kerry and Karishma. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, okay. That, and I think that was from that, that was a turning moment. Um, and we applied the same approach to the like learning for us with all our service providers. Because again, I'm, I'm sure you're already aware that when in super world, most funds have to rely heavily on, on administrator, um, yes. data providers, and other service providers as well. Uh, no, we, uh, it's an it's a increasingly difficult environment to work in, I think, superannuation. And yeah. it is, the, the pressures seem to double every year. So, yeah, I, However, I don't we don't use that the word difficult or challenge. We call it fun. It's just so much fun. <laughs> that's, what we, that's a rule that well, we have in the office right now. <laughs> so once you've got that behind you, once you understood, right, like we need to identify the business problem, the end goal, and then everyone was, had clarity on what you're trying to achieve as a business, how did you go about breaking down the data silos that were the, the right. difficulty in, in getting there? So clarity on the goal in front of your data silos, how did you, including those that Again, come from working with an administrator? Moment, yeah, it's a second aha moment that we refer to, we learn from our members. When the members were asking us what's in it for, for us, we actually apply yeah. the same principle to our stakeholders. So that we moved away from that approach, we're gonna go to one thing one fit, one solution approach. We're going to give a lot of data in one place. People can go and find all of that. We stepped away from that. And what we did actually in a very basic way, we decided to go on as a new strategy. We, we treated data as more of a product. Think of it as if you need data, you're a customer, you need wants, you have needs, you have wants, how you can use the data. And that's what we did exactly. Let me give you an, a very simple example. So with VUC, we have a lot of data that comes in. And instead of giving all that crunch data in one place, once we have a program coming, once we have a new initiative coming, we go into the VUC and we actually capitalize on the data that exists on there and the verbatim exists there only in relation to that project, to that initiative. Once we start to do that, stakeholders start to see, all right, there's actually a lot of value for me here to see what other data. Not only that, they actually start to see, I'm actually happy to share my data as well. Here you go, have a look. What I can actually, what I can, what I can do is I can give you more data to complete the picture of what you provided me. It's all about trying to understand the needs of each department and tailor the needs for them. It's all about value. How do I show that what we are doing? Because CX at the end of the day is not only about members. It's only also about employers. It's also about how to make a seamless experience for different departments working with the CX. Because all, most of our work at, across any CX initiative is cross-functional by nature. So, yeah. and, and, and always, always is going to be at the beginning resistance because people think, ah, oh, there's going to be a lot of work for me. I have to do X, Y, and Z. But the moment you walk them through the journey, the one, the one moment you try to, to tell them what's the value in it for them, that makes it easy. That's the first thing we did. Second thing that we did, we created what we call the R&D studio, the research and the design studio. And basically what we wanted people to have is a place where they can go and make request, hey guys, we would love to have to share some findings that we have. And we take those findings, we clear for them, we make it easier for them, and we give them some insights on it. That made life yeah. so much easier. The third and the, and the most important one is two things. Um, first, we have to speak the same language. We removed any jargon. 
any CX jargon that for you and I, maybe it looks, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I know what the blueprint is. I know what the journey mapping is, but we have removed any of that. And we just made sure it's a very simple, easy language to learn. But also what we did, we never, we agreed never ever send one massive report. Step away from that. That's a killer. No okay. one wants to read 20, 40, 60 pages of reports. It has to be there. Don't get me wrong. It has to be there, right? We actually made it into three levels. So we have the full report. If you want to read that, you can read that. We have also an executive summary of four, four, maximum four pages. And we have one summary page. If you want to read exactly the key findings, that's what you have. And since we did that, the habitat has been amazing because people now can actually tailor. I need only one information. I can go into the short one. If I need more detail, I have the full detailed report or somewhere in the middle. Okay. So it sounds like it's, um, it sounds like an infinity loop kind of in order to get access to data from the departments, you had to create the reporting Venue. and the insights that were most important to them, which led to more data, which that Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what we did because it's it's kind of nature of life, right? If you give someone, if you show a value of something, people would like to have it, but if you don't show them any value, the first thing they're gonna do is like, why am I doing this? What's in it for me? It's always that question. It goes back to that basics of what's in it for me. Putting myself in the shoes of of some of the listeners, viewers, I don't know what we call them, but the people that, that are listening to us talk, um, I can imagine that some people might be thinking, well, that sounds like a lot of work to go through the stakeholders and try and personalize them. And if I asked them what they wanted, maybe <clears throat> they might ask for the most obscure, random so how, how did you go through the process of, okay. of actually okay. understanding and managing it as well in terms of... Okay, let's, let, let's, let's agree to one thing. Our job as, as CX, and especially as the designers, all right, is to take an abstract request and make it into something that people can use, right? So if okay. I come to you, usually, hey, I would love to have X, Y, and Z on a dashboard, or I'd love to have a report on that. I have all these things, but I have no idea how I actually do look like. Right, and that's you. That's our job as designers is to take the abstract idea and to give you in a shape that you actually can use. That's number one. Yeah. Number two is you already know. It depends on the again. This is going back to that category of uh, data as a product. Usually, you will have four to five categories. Is there a digital reporting, or is it ops? Is there experience? So you would have what we what we call, I wouldn't call it a template, but we would have an idea for each category about the key metrics that people are important to. The third layer, we use Agile along the way. So we already have determined, so we have a session, we have a scoping before going to a sprint. We'll tell this is what we what might look like. How do you feel about that? And we just make sure that before we go into that, and before we go into the design and the work and crunching the numbers, we actually have very clear brief around that but once you do that that's how you get the buy-in and they actually not only get the buy-in they actually help you out throughout the way yeah, and that's nice. that's how that's how it becomes more of a partnership was there any major pushback across the business or, or i have anything, to say any learnings i have to say uh, under the leadership of monique and carrie it's been an amazing experience so far to getting us from the top i think the only push that anybody gonna face in any organization is a natural human push when you see a change, you're like, why are you doing a change? Because there is always that kind of stereotype, oh, there's a new guy come in, he's gonna try new things, he's gonna make us do extra work. 
always, yeah. it's always, it doesn't matter which field, which company, it's always there. And I think that's yeah. a natural thing. But once you walk them, take them with you through that transformation journey, it makes a big difference. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm okay. not a big believer of just uh, show them the outcome product now. I'm a big believer. Yeah. Take, make them go to the journey with you. You might do have to do some a little bit extra work than that, but I promise you, we'll get you there. Okay. So, okay, you know, I I, I understand. Um, is there is there any kind of immediate takeaway and tips for other organisations that are about to embark on the same journey that that you that you could leave us with in terms of communicating? the program and, and maybe as you're starting to get these insights from the additional data sources coming through distributing it across the business so they take action on it yeah i would say it depends where you which part are you in if you're at the start or the middle of the end so if you start at okay. the start i would say number one is um i have this belief in what we call addictive to the process you remain addicted to the process it just you're gonna get some time there's gonna be always a pushback it's very natural it's not to do with you nothing to do with the work it just people don't like sometimes are resistant to change always happens that's number one just buy it sometime that's number one number two is step away from one solution fits all it doesn't work anymore yeah. if you read in hpr and if you listen to any podcasts around data that one one solution fits all that doesn't work anymore we need as as much as we need tailored experience for every segment from our members, we also need tailored services and tailored data for each department. The last one that we that I'm, I have to say I've seen an amazing value of is the um, use of machine learning. We embarked on that quite recently, um, okay. about only seven months ago, and we did then a segmentation. Our segmentation is based on machine learning, and it's been an amazing experience. And the value that we have seen, the business has seen. Now, not only saved us a lot of money, but also gives us an amazing opportunity from a gross order retention perspective and how to actually engage with our members. We understand them and it's an ongoing basis and it's just an amazing, it's an, been an amazing experience. So I would say definitely, definitely invest time and money, of course, and effort um, into, into machine learning. That's something that I'm a really, really big believer in. How many customer segments do you have? Five. Member segments now? Five. Five. Very clear ones across the, across the life stage, and all of them are defined. And once we define them, now this is why we have the algorithm. Right now, yeah. we don't have to, every every new batch of members joining, we don't have to go and remake any changes. It just automatically locate them accordingly to what's it for okay. that we have. And do they have, I'm, I'm assuming, do you have personalized, not personalized, but do you have bespoke communications and journeys based on yes, the segmentation? Exactly. So everything right now that we have done, every piece from a communication perspective, from a service design perspective, and from a journey map perspective, is actually tailored on this five segments. And that gives us an amazing, an amazing um, advantage in the marketplace. Because not only we know what, um, what the touch points that members are going to go through, not only that we cover them by the VOC was a moment, but now we are very proactive engaging with them, all of them. And that we can see a massive uh, uplift in really key primary metrics across, across the journey. Makes me want to be a lawyer, Islam, so I can come. And <laughs> <you guys. laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Unfortunately, I, I'm I not going to retire before doing That's a bit, a bit late for that. <laughs> so, what's next? So, it sounds like you've done some good stuff. Well, it sounds like you've done some excellent stuff. I know you have. Um, are you done now? Is that is that no, it? No, 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 no. We're just starting. We are just starting. All of 
what we have been doing for, I would say, 19 months was all about discovering. So at the gap, the gap analysis that we have completed, that gives us a great, a great review for what we did. What we did is a capability mapping review. We reviewed the entire uh, business from systems, uh, from blueprints, from journeys. We, we mapped everything. So we know exactly the identified the gaps right now. And the first thing is we're trying to do is we're trying to do what we call low hanging fruits, trying to see the easy quick win that we can actually how can we have an uplift? For example, a moment is a massive example from that because that's uplift has been great for us. That's not one. Second thing is we're trying to invest heavily in technology. So the first thing that we that we did, um, we actually moved to a new portal, which was great because our members were really happy with our new member more portal. That the, the data, the feedback that we got from VUC or from other channels digitally as well, we have been able to, to capitalize on that by having a new portal. The third. One is what I referred to earlier, machine learning. And we're not only applying the segmentation, we're applying on, I would say, four or five solutions coming up forward. So we, we're relying heavily more on data scientists right now. We would love to capitalize on that. What we would love to do is bring both experience data alongside operational data and trying to see predict modeling as well to see how can we do and how can capitalize from a retention or a growth perspective as well. Yeah, so I would say we're not even close to the midway yet, to be honest. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's like a, I guess you. So, and from what I can see, it's becoming a continuous improvement system of action, right? Where where oh, the results are feeding into the future it state. Never stop. It never stops. The continuous improvement model that we have in place, it's all built around reviews and review and review. So, get the data, get the feedback that we get. From the different channels that we have and build that into every experience so we have we are measuring every touch point right now we went from basic four touch points from our VOC perspective to 14 this year so which means we have 14 experiences that we are measuring so each each of them feeds back to the experience owner who's responsible for that and then gets the feedback and becomes improvement in from a from a quarter to quarter so that's why when you say to me, how far are you in the journey? I, I don't think I'm even halfway through, Simon, to be honest. I would love to be there, but I, I think we still have some, a lot of work to be there. But we're getting, we, I think we are on, on the right track. It's just, you have, again, those challenges, which we call them fun. I think we're having so much fun at the moment. So that's great. <laughs> it's fun. fun. That's a word, that's a word, fun, absolutely. <laughs> well, the biggest bit of feedback I think I'm going to give about these uh, these podcasts is that half an hour is probably not long enough because we've we've touched the surface of quite a lot of things. I can imagine we could be double clicking on, especially the segmentation modeling. That is super exciting. Um, <clears throat> we've got three minutes to go. Um, we've had some questions come through. Are you happy if we if we throw Absolutely. a question Absolutely, to the yeah. All right at random? Um, do you see key commonalities between customer experience? and change management i think to be honest you may have answered that a little bit <laughs> yeah but that's that's massive that's a, a massive yeah. massive component so last year um Kerry and, and monique have sent us uh, and me and then hopefully other members of the team to do a precise change management um just to make okay. sure we certified in change management because every piece that we do has to come with a change management to it for example if we okay. the example i gave when we changed from the uh, the old portal to the new member portal that yeah. has to have the message management plan you can't just expect 
switch on and switch off. It doesn't work like that. And definitely, it's a massive element and it's a really important component. Okay. And I guess you're quite lucky in that you've got service design, change management, and data and insights all sitting in, in the same yes. group. So yes. you, you, you can discover, analyze, and change <laughs> yes. all within in one go. Yeah, yeah which is um, great. That's that's not something I hear too often, though. So you've all, you've all literally been trained on effective change management, so that any initiatives have to follow a, a process of of embedding yeah. and and communication Absolutely. and everything. And again, that's that that kind of setup. I have to give credit to Carrie and Monique who did that setup in a, in a way because they believe that's a way that believe in change management comes from the two of them as well. That every piece has to have tied to the plan. Okay. Well, we're out of time. Azam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, having such an awesome conversation on a journey at Legal Super. Um, thank you to the guests, guests, that's what we're calling people, for listening to the XI Cafe podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, stay tuned for more episodes like this in the future. Um, any questions um, that have come through, we'll try and answer afterwards. Awesome stuff, Azam. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> See you on the other side. See you on the other side. Thank you.